two kinds of ground. There's fallow ground and ground that has been broken up by the plow. A.W. Tozer wrote that years ago in his book called Paths to Power. Two kinds of ground, fallow ground and ground that's been broken up by the plow. He says the fallow field is smug, contented, protected from the shock of the plow and the agitation of the harrow. Such a field as it is, lies year after year, becomes a familiar landmark to the crow and to the blue jay. Safe and undisturbed, it sprawls lazily in the sunshine. The picture of sleepy contentment. Fruit it can never know because it's afraid of the plow and the harrow. Well, well, directly opposite to this, the cultivated field uh, yielded itself to the advantage of living. The protecting fence has opened to admit the plow and the plow has come as plows always come, practical and cruel and businesslike and in a hurry. Peace has been shattered by the shouting farmer and the rattle of machinery. The field has been upset and turned over and bruised and broken. But the rewards that come, they will come. The seed shoots up into the daylight. It's miracle of life, curious, exploring the new world above. Nature's wonders follow the plow. You might say, well, what does this have to do with us? Well, he goes on to say there are two kinds of life as well. There's the fallow life and there's the plowed life. He said the man of the fallow life is contented with the fruit he once bore. He does not want to be disturbed. He smiles and silent superiority at revivals and fastings and self-searchings and all the travail of fruit bearing and the anguish of advance. The, the spirit of adventure is dead within him. He, he's fenced himself in. And, and as he's done that, he's also fenced out God and the miracle. But listen, the plowed life, it's different. The, the, the plow life is one that has thrown down the protecting fences and and has sent the plow of confession into the soul. Uh, such a life has put away defense and, and has forsaken uh, the, the, the safety of, of death for the peril of life. 
discontent and yearning and contrition and courageous obedience to the will of God. These have bruised and broken the soil till it's ready again for the seed. And as always, the fruit will follow. Now, I want you to be honest with yourself today, friend, as you look at your life, as you think about yourself and and don't answer aloud. But listen, ask yourself this question. Is your life fallow or plowed? Is your life fallow or plowed? I think that's an important question to consider here at the beginning of a brand new year. And if need be, my desire for you today, Fred, is if if need be, you would throw down that protecting fence, that you would open yourself up to the plow of the Holy Spirit. Open your heart and your mind and your life to the plow of the Holy Spirit today as he desires to do a work in your life. Allow him to take the word of God as it goes forth and do a work in your life. Give him free access. Allow him to open every door and to peek into every closet of your heart. You see, this morning we're going to be looking at a verse that hopefully you're somewhat acquainted with. It's our theme verse for this church year. We introduced you to it back in the beginning of our church year back in September. And you may have noticed it and you may have seen the reference. You may have seen it on our our calendar magnets that you got. Uh, You may have seen it on the church website when you go there. Or certainly you saw it as you uh, maybe got one of the new church uh, T-shirts. I noticed even Justin's wearing his today. But on the church T-shirt, you probably noticed on the back uh, this reference, Colossians 2-7. And these words rooted, established, and thankful. Colossians 2, 7. Now, this morning, I want to bring your attention. I want you to understand that this verse is more than a T-shirt logo. Uh, my desire for everyone connected with this church and everyone who would hear this message later, uh, that they would be rooted and established and thankful. And so if you will allow the plow into your field this morning, I want to ask you three questions from this text of Scripture. It's Colossians chapter two. And what we're going to do, we're going to read it. Then we'll back up and examine it in detail. And to get the whole sentence, we've got to back up one verse to Colossians two, six and seven, because it's Colossians two, six and seven. We find the complete sentence there. So if you have your Bible, I hope you found Colossians chapter two. And I'll begin reading at verse six, reading just two verses today. As we think about our theme verse, more than a T-shirt logo, Colossians two, beginning at verse six. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Read it once again. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you've been taught. Abounding in it with thanksgiving. Now, three questions today. Number one, are you rooted in Christ? Are you rooted in Christ? Now, I want you to know this is the most fundamental question of life. That word rooted takes us to the world of agriculture. We think of a plant or we think of a tree as we have on the back of the shirt there with its roots going down into the soil. 
And when you go back to the original language, you go back to the Greek language, the tense of that word that's translated rooted here in the Bible is a tense that means it's complete. It's already been accomplished. In other words, these Colossians were already rooted in Christ. This had already taken place. He already said in verse 6 we read together, As ye therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. They were rooted in Christ. They were rooted in Him and built up in Him. And I want you to notice they're rooted not just in something. They're rooted in a person. They're rooted in The Lord Jesus Christ. Look what it says there. Rooted and built up in him. That phrase in him appears in both verses. It says in verse six, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him. You see, that's what Christianity is. Christianity is about it is Christ Jesus, the Lord. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ to be rooted in Christ. And I ask you, are you rooted in Christ? That means that you're saved, you're redeemed, you're converted, you're born again. Whatever term or group of words you want to use to describe it, it means you've turned from your sin and faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. To be rooted is to be born again, to be saved. Ephesians 3.17 says it this way, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. The Colossians that Paul's writing to here, they had been rooted in Christ. They had received the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. And so I ask you today, friend, each person here, you have to answer this for yourself. Are you rooted in Christ? Now, I didn't ask if you're a church member. I didn't ask if you've been baptized. I didn't ask if you've always faithfully attended church. I didn't ask if you were a Baptist. I didn't ask any of that. No, I didn't ask any of that. The fundamental question you must consider and answer is this. Are you rooted in Christ? Have you placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Can you imagine how tragic it would be for a person to sit in a church such as this one? And week after week, year after year, to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ be proclaimed. To sit through invitation after invitation and yet harden their hearts and resist and to die and lift up their eyes in hell because of stubborn pride. You see, I believe our churches are filled with people just like that. They're afraid. They're fearful. They're too proud To come clean with God and clean with others that they are not rooted in Christ. I ask you again this morning, are you rooted in Christ? Do you know Christ? And does Christ know you? Has there been a time in your life where you've turned from your sin and placed your faith in Jesus Christ? I tell you, let me share with you some scary verses. They're in Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Here's what it says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? These people are doing all kinds of good things in the name of Jesus. And Matthew seven twenty three says, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now think about that. Think about people who are out doing ministry and, and seeking to serve others and serve Jesus, yet they don't know him. 
And many, it says, will stand there and say, Lord, we did this and we did that. He says, I never knew you. Depart from me. You see, each person must place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not trying to get anybody today to doubt their salvation. That is not my heart. That is not my desire. My desire is that you're saved and sure. That you're saved and you have that assurance in your life. But likewise, I don't want anybody here to have a false hope. Or to think, well, you know, I've been at Red Hill for 50 years, or I've been teaching Sunday school, and I've been singing the choir, and I've been doing all these things. Well, that's great, but let me ask you, are you rooted in Christ? Do you know Christ? Has there ever been a time where you've trusted Him as your Savior? Are you rooted in Christ? Do you know Him? Do you know Him? Now, we know the Bible's clear that Salvation, new birth, is the beginning point of a wonderful life in Christ. Because it says in verse 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus Lord, so you've been saved, it says next, so walk in Him. So salvation is the beginning point of a wonderful life in Christ. And we know that continues as we walk with the Lord. Now the idea there of walking is the idea of growth and Following the Lord and making progress and going ahead in your Christian growth and Christian life. It's active. You're walking. It's not static. It's moving on in the things of the Lord. It's growing. And that brings to mind the second question. And that's this. Are you being built up and established in the faith? Are you being built up and established in the faith? Brings us to our theme verse. Verse 7. Rooted. And built up in him and established in the faith. We know what rooted means. It means you're born again. You're a child of God. The tense in the Greek is complete. It's done. They're saved. But now we have the idea of being built up and abounding. Now, built up and established and abounding in the Greek text, it's in the present tense. That means it's showing continual growth. It's something that keeps on going on. It's something that should be going on right now. These things are ongoing. We're rooted in Christ. We're saved. That's settled. But now, here's what's supposed to happen. We're supposed to be built up. We're supposed to be established. We're supposed to be abounding. Now, rooted takes us out into the field and the world of agriculture. But the idea of being built up, we find ourselves at a building site now in the world of architecture. And a building. Built up and established in the faith has the idea of growth and maturity or growth and stability or growth and strength in Christian living. Notice that it's all about him again. We're to be rooted and built up in him. It's all about him. And then it says what? Verse seven, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Now, here's the question. What kind of faith is talking about? Well, listen, as we understand the scripture here, he's not talking about the kind of faith like we have faith in God or we exercise saving faith or that kind of faith. He's talking about the faith. That is, he's talking about the idea of the faith. You say, what do you mean, preacher? I mean the teachings of Christian doctrine. I mean the Christian faith. I mean the faith. Being rooted and built up in him, bounding in the faith. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at the next part of the verse. It says in verse 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been, what? Taught. Now, what are we doing here today? We're, we're teaching God's word. 
During the Sunday school hour, you are taught about the faith, right? The Christian teachings of the word of God. And it makes perfectly sense because it says here, as you've been taught. And then back up to verse four. Back up to verse four there where it says this. Now, this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Then drop down to verse eight, right after our theme verse. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Here's what he's saying. I want you to be so built up. I want you to be so established and strong in the faith that others will not deceive you. That others will not lead you astray through empty philosophies and worldly philosophies and all kinds of things going on. And by the way, that's still going on today. He wanted them to know the truth, the faith. He wanted them to know the faith. He wanted them to know the word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Listen, this Bible is God-breathed, it's inspired, it's inerrant, it's authoritative, it's infallible. We believe with all of our hearts, minds, strength. We believe the Word of God. We stake our eternal destiny upon what this book teaches. We believe it. And I pray God will help me to preach it to the end of my, my last dying breath. I want to stand upon the word of God, not deny it. And, and Paul says, listen, I want you to be rooted in Christ. You're saved, but now I want you to be built up. I want you to be established. I want you to be growing. I want you to be strong. I want you to be stable so you're not led about and led astray by worldly philosophies and empty philosophies and all these things that our world has. And by the way, they're still doing it today. The airwaves, the newsprint, you name it, are filled with what? Empty, vain, worldly philosophies. If you're truly going to make progress in the Christian life, if you're truly going to grow into the man or woman that God wants you to be, you're going to have to spend time in the Word of God. You're going to become a man or woman or a young person of the Word of God. Take advantage of every opportunity you have to grow in the Word. Read the Word of God. Listen to the Word of God. Study it. Be in Sunday school. Be in morning worship. Be here on Wednesday nights. Be here at other opportunities when you have opportunity to learn the word of God. Fill your heart, your mind, your life with the book. Fill it with the book. Now, with all the information that comes our way on an average day, how are we going to discern between good and evil? That's what he talks about in verse 8. How are we going to discern? Well... We have to weigh it against the standard. We must look at all these things that come our way through a biblical lens. We have to take what the world is telling us and say, wait a minute, does that line up with what God's word says? Is that what God teaches in his word? And as we look at that life through a biblical lens, it helps us to be built up and established in the faith. And it helps us to grow. Now, remember, this is an ongoing thing, right? This tense means we keep on being built up and we become established and keep on becoming established in the faith. And, and we're abounding in it. None of us have arrived. And we don't get to the point in the Christian life where we say, oh, well, I am done. Praise God, I know it all. You need to repent of pride. Get up on your face and cry out to God. He says, what if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you're rooted. So walk in him and we're to keep on walking. 
and keep on walking and keep on walking, being built up and established and abounding in the faith. Let me ask you, what are you doing to grow in the faith? What are you doing? What are you doing to grow in the faith? You say, well, you made a start, right? You're here and you're awake. All right, we'll start there. Praise God. Maybe you're here last hour and you were here in Sunday school and you're growing in the faith. Uh, what are you doing? Are you, are you reading God's word? Are you, are you having time in the word? Are you listening to God's word? Are you, are you listening to preach? Are you doing things to help you to be built up and established in the faith? Very practical, isn't it? Very practical things. So I ask you again, are you rooted in Christ? Do you know Jesus as Savior and Lord? Are you being built up and established in the faith? Now, there's a third question, and that's this. Are you abounding in the faith with thanksgiving? Look at the verse again. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in the faith with thanksgiving. Now, why in the world did Paul throw this in? Well, for starters, the Holy Spirit inspired it. God put it in there. Every word of God, uh, every every word of this Bible is inspired. It's the word of God. But here Paul is, and he makes sure, and God the Holy Spirit makes sure that these words are included. With thanksgiving. Why did he include that? Why is it not enough just to say you're being rooted, okay, you're rooted in Christ, and now you're being built up and established in the faith? Why put being abounding in it with thanksgiving? Why? Well, I think because, as Richard Millick Jr. said, thankfulness... Thankfulness is one of Paul's litmus tests of Christian health. Thankfulness is one of Paul's litmus tests of Christian health. In other words, if you're curious to how you're really doing in your Christian life, check out your thanks meter. And say that again. If you're really curious how you're doing in the Christian life, go look at your thanks meter. Where's we said it this way? A thankful spirit is a mark of Christian maturity. When a believer is abounding in thanksgiving, he's really making progress. And so think about your own life today. This is, this is for you. This is not for someone down the row or something. This is for you. Christian, how's the thanks meter functioning in your life? Are you abounding in the faith with thanksgiving? Are you filled with thankfulness? I know a lot of folks that are abounding in grumbling and abounding in complaining and and abounding in whining. But how many of us are abounding in the faith with thanksgiving? You see, the more you understand the faith and you get in God's word. And by the way, we don't just study the word of God so we get a bunch of facts and figures We study the word of God so we know the God of the word, right? It's a relationship. We're rooted in him. The more you study and you understand the faith and you understand who Christ is, you understand what Christ has done, you understand what Christ is going to do. And then you continue studying and you begin to understand who you are in Christ. And you begin to see all that you have in Christ. You cannot help but to be filled with thanksgiving. You can't help but to be filled. 
When you truly understand and begin to grow in the faith and you see what God has done and what God is doing. We could we could give a very simple formula. It's this growth equals gratitude. Growth equals gratitude. When you truly grow in the faith, you grow in your gratefulness. When you truly understand what God has done and what he's doing, what he's going to do. And you look at your own life and what God has done and what he's doing and what he's going to do. You cannot help but to be thankful. You see, I told you that Colossians 2, 7 is more than just a T-shirt logo. It's more than that. These are eternity and life changing truths. As you consider being rooted and, and established and thankful. Now, I want to ask you again. So we understand being rooted in Christ means I'm saved. I'm born again. I know Christ. That's done. And as I've received Christ, I now walk in Christ. I walk in him. And as I'm walking, I'm being built up. I'm being established. I'm abounding in the faith with thanksgiving. So I'm growing in grace. I'm growing in my faith. I'm being built up in my faith. I'm becoming mature and I'm not blown around all over the place for every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike. And I'm abounding. And as I understand more, I begin to abound in the faith with thanksgiving. Does that describe your life, Christian? Does that describe your life? Three questions. Are you rooted in Christ? Do you know Christ? Are you being built up and abounding in the faith? And you are abounding. And are you abounding in it with thanksgiving? If not, why not? Why not? Please don't keep that fence up. Please don't keep that fence up. Throw that fence down. Tear it down. Allow the God, the Holy Spirit to plow up the ground of your life and produce the fruit that he desires to produce. You see, we put that on the shirt. And our prayer is that every person who wears that shirt can truthfully wear it and say, you know what? I'm rooted. I know Jesus Christ is Savior. I'm established. I'm growing in my faith. And you know what? I'm thankful. I'm thankful. As I understand who Christ is and what he's done, I understand who I am in Christ and what he's going to do in my life. Is your life fallow or is it plowed? See, if we're not careful, we can real quickly begin building fences. Saying, God, you know, I used to I used to tell people about Jesus and, and I used to do a lot of things. But right now, there's just you're not going to be doing that in my life. And we build our fence. Would you tear it down today? Would you allow God, the Holy Spirit, to bring the plow and overturn that ground and bring fruit for his glory? Let's pray. Before I close this service in prayer and we sing our invitation song, I just wonder, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, are you rooted in Christ? You know the answer. Are you saved and sure today? If not, friend, why don't you make it sure? Why don't you come today? Give your life to Christ. 
Turn from your sin. Find forgiveness. Eternal life. And a home in heaven. A loving heavenly father. And a glorious savior in Christ. In a moment we're going to sing a closing hymn. And if that's you. You need to be rooted in Christ today. All I'm going to ask you to do is walk down and take my hand. And allow me to place you with someone who loves you and loves Jesus. And will lead you to Christ. You say, preacher, you don't understand. I've been here a long time and everybody thinks I'm saved. Everybody thinks that I'm already rooted in Christ. That doesn't matter, friend. Listen, if they love God and love Jesus, as I'm sure they do, they're going to rejoice that you made this right. They're going to rejoice that you're rooted in Christ. They're going to rejoice that you got this settled before it was eternally too late. And now I wonder, Christian... Are you built up, established, and abounding when it comes to your Christian life? What steps do you need to take? What changes need to be present in your life? That you might be built up, established, and abounding with thanksgiving. Maybe you need to come today and just in a fresh way give your life to the Lord and say, Lord, I I just want to rededicate my life to you. And I want to grow. And I want to be a man or woman of the word. And I want fruit to be evident in my life. And I want to be used for your glory. And I want you to break up my hardened heart. And I want the Holy Spirit to have his will and way in my life. Would you come during the invitation and tell God that? And leave here with that plow beginning to break up that ground. And continue to bring about a work in your life. Father, I've done all that I can do. I've spoken your truth today. I pray now as they sang earlier, the spirit of the living God would fall fresh on us and on this place. I pray for anyone who does not know Jesus. That the next moment or two as we sing, that they'll come and allow someone to lead them to Christ. I pray for believers, whoever they may be today. Who need to come and tear that fence down and say, God, the Holy Spirit, come break up this hardened ground. And Lord, I pray that fruit might come out of this time that would last throughout all eternity. I pray your Holy Spirit to do a work which only he can do. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is 210. My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. To thee all the follies of sin I resign. And as we sing today, the altar is open. I'm standing here waiting. Waiting for you, friend. Greater than that, Jesus is waiting. You need to be saved and come. You want to come and give your life a fresh renew to Christ and rededicate your life. You come. Whatever God the Holy Spirit is saying to you, would you respond? Would you open that gate and turn that fence and let God have his ring? Let's stand and sing 210.